a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. What you're listening to there? It's Bill of Rights Day. What is more Bill of Rights Day-ish than a wrap of the Bill of Rights? Uh, and I uh, hope you're uh, taking a moment today. Really interesting, uh, the Bill of Rights Day, of course, uh, December 15th, uh, the day that the first 10 uh, amendments were ratified. Um, and uh, it's interesting to me when you when you look back over the history uh, of those amendments, those first 10, the Bill of Rights, uh, that it was uh, an interesting uh, part of the compromise uh, that was the founding of the country, that these were important things. Uh, also interesting, uh, I was looking at this earlier this morning, uh, that it was uh, Franklin D. Roosevelt uh, that uh, designated December 15th, uh, it was in 1941, as Bill of Rights Day. Uh, but listen to the language that uh, FDR used in telling people what to do on Bill of Rights Day. This is uh, President Franklin D. Roosevelt. He said, I call upon the officials of government and upon the people of the United States to observe the day by displaying the flag of the United States on public buildings. And then he said this, he said, and by meeting together for such prayers and such ceremonies as may seem to them appropriate. Uh, interesting that he would also uh, call for prayers and for ceremonies uh, relating to the Bill of Rights uh, and seeing those as such a critical part of the maintaining of our constitutional republic, uh, I thought was uh, really interesting uh, to go back and, and take a look at that. Uh, and as I mentioned before, of course, the grand pr- uh, compromise that led to the signing of the Constitution was driven in part, of course, uh, by the the framers being promised and committed uh, to add the Bill of Rights, the first, uh, what ended up to be 10 uh, amendments in the end to the Constitution gave the fledgling nation some some really sure footing on some critical things, uh, while also providing citizens uh, increased confidence in the newly framed national government uh, of the United States of America. Uh, and so on the uh, Bill of Rights Day today, one thing I would encourage everyone to do is to actually go read them. It does not take that long. Uh, they're worth reading. They're worth rereading. And it's worth remembering and, and celebrating much of what is in there. Uh, so much of what we cherish in the Bill of Rights, those uh, most valued and most important freedoms, uh, are contained uh, in those amendments. Uh, it's interesting, the, the oft-quoted First Amendment, uh, of course, encapsulates those vital civil rights, the freedoms and liberties, including the freedom of speech and press and religion, along with rights to peaceably assemble and petition the government. Uh, the 10th uh, article, of course, uh, critically, and I think uh, emphatically, reserves all powers not delegated to the federal government, to the states, or to the people. And often overlooked, uh, we always overlook this, 
uh, every year, <laughs> and I keep coming back. It's so powerful. We often overlook the preamble to the Bill of Rights. A lot of people don't know we actually have a preamble to the Bill of Rights. Uh, and so I want to read that to you today. <clears throat> it says, The conventions of a number of the states, having at the time of their adopting the Constitution, expressed a desire in order to prevent misconstruction or abuse of its powers, that further declaratory and restrictive clauses should be added. And as extending the ground of public confidence in the government will best ensure the benefit ends of its institution. So I think that's interesting that uh, even then they were so, they were worried. They were worried, obviously, about the growth of government, the expansion of government, the abuse of power of government. But they were also worried that as that would tend to happen, uh, because humans run governments, uh, the founders also said that it it matters because the public has to have confidence in the government, uh, and so that's so to me that was so critical that uh, that they put in there that yes in the in the preamble uh, to the Bill of Rights that part of the reason we're putting these in here is to control the growth of government and to control the proper use of power in government. And we're also putting these in here so that our citizens will continue to have trust in the government. And think of where we are today uh, and making sure that those rights are preserved and protected uh, is really up to each of us. It's not up to our elected officials. Uh, that's up to us. That's a, once again a we the people issue for all of us to really think through and commit to and live by. Uh, and so that's uh, an important thing. So uh, I want to go through now uh, and review some of those uh, critical amendments to the Constitution. Uh, many of us are familiar with that First Amendment, that Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Uh, we've seen that challenged in many ways over the course of the pandemic uh, and we need to make sure, again, as citizens, that uh, we don't allow rushes to uh, do good for some uh, to inflict others. Uh, and we've seen that. We've we've seen uh, some sweeping things done by government with good intention for the most part, uh, but also a little scary uh, in terms of uh, really relegating things like the free exercise of religion uh, further down the line. Uh, of the essential category, uh, often below, you know, buying gasoline or, uh, you know, picking up something at the liquor store. Uh, and so that is a, a critical piece. Uh, continuing the First Amendment uh, or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press. And uh, I'm going to pause there for a second. When we talk about freedom of speech and freedom of the press, this is another one that is very important. We have had a lot of battles over the last four years, actually about the last eight years, uh, about media, about uh, politicians, and about the people, and that free exercise of speech and of the press. And the thing that I always go back to, uh, politicians are never going to be completely happy with the press. That's just a fact. <laughs> Uh, there are going to be things written that they wish would be written a different way or not written at all, and that's normal, and that's okay. Uh, but we also need to remember that the press has a responsibility in that piece as well because the First Amendment to the Constitution does not belong to the president. 
It does not belong to elected political people, nor does it belong to the press. The First Amendment belongs to the people. It's the people. And we have to recognize that. Uh, Continuing on in the First Amendment, uh, or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. And uh, we don't have time to go through all 10 today, but I encourage you uh, during the course of your day today, uh, read through read through the amendments, read read through that Bill of Rights. It's a great day to celebrate uh, that. And as FDR said, uh, we should probably pray about it. <laughs> we should pray about it and we should celebrate it uh, because they are central, uh, not only central to who we are and what we are as a country, these things were central to us becoming a nation at all, to getting the Constitution ratified and passed, uh, required this commitment to these amendments that ultimately were adopted, that became the Bill of Rights. And I think the 10th Amendment is where we'll uh, round out our day today, uh, because I think this one is one we all need to remember. Again, this is not about government or elected officials. This is a we the people issue, that the powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states, are reserved to the states respectively, or to the people. And so we have to get back to that. And it is uh, up to us, we the people, uh, because that really was the contention. And when we look at the, the brilliance of the founders, the brilliance of the founders was not that they trusted this new government that they were creating, this form of government. It was the trust they had in the people. And we got to get back to that. I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on KSL Inside Sources today. And as always, as you go out into the world today, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.